Welcome to My on Mondays, an explorative approach to the possessive my through narratives, art, and sound. Each Monday brings a new creation and unique perspective. My on Mondays is brought to you by Ming Studios, a contemporary art space and international artist residency program dedicated to the exhibition, experience, and exploration of arts and culture. Along with exhibiting artists from around the world, Ming also serves the community by hosting innovative programs including performances, workshops, screenings, readings, artist talks, and other cultural activities. For more information or if you'd like to participate in My on Mondays, you can visit our website at mingstudios.org. Hello and welcome to the 92nd episode of My on Mondays. Today our featured artist is Tomas Baisa, this being part one of two episodes with Tomas. Originally from San Jose, California, Tomas is the author of the novel Delivery, a Pocho's Accidental Guide to College, Love, and Pizza Delivery, and the collection A Purpose to Our Savagery, which was just released this July. Tomas's work has been nominated for the Pushcart Prize, the Best of the Net, and Best American Short Stories anthologies, and has appeared in various print and online anthologies and journals. Along with writing, Tomas has fenced in Italy, been rescued by a helicopter from the Sierra Nevada, fended off wild dogs while hitchhiking in rural Morelos, Mexico, and once delivered pizzas to a Klingon-themed orgy at a sci-fi convention. When he's not writing, Tomas is running trails, obsessing over bonsai trees, and playing guitar way too loud. I'm Tomas Baisa, and this is my story, Wheatslin, Hummingbird. Sunlight pools, trickles, and then spills over the edge of the mesa. No sooner am I reborn than I am drawn to it, as I am drawn to the flowers that grow in my father's yard. Sun and nectar, Donatillo and Xochinecutli, both of them fuel for the returned warriors, we who have been summoned to face our shames before being called to fight. How do I know the word Xochinecutli? Did Papi teach me that? In the kitchen window, my reflection, an orange spark and wings that slash like the flint knives of our ancestors the obsidian blades that opened veins of eternal life onto the tongue of the sunstone, Donatillo. For all of Papi's lovable bullshit, he was totally right about the sun. He pushes himself off of the mesa and takes flight, his golden river now a roaring whirlpool of fire. The universe bends beneath his weight, falls upward. I feel his pull. No, por favor, todavía no. Not yet. Beneath me, my father's prized red valerian, the only thing that would grow in the sour soil beneath the kitchen window. I dip to drink. Its delicate blossoms are the shade of my mother's too bright lipstick that she would wear even when gardening. Twist, bend, attack, retreat. Every flower is an invitation to violence or love, my blurred wings fed by their essence. Donatillo kisses my black beak. My eyes flutter with his call. Not yet. Please. But I'm distracted by a flash. Another warrior called back. 
Our kissing shrieks bounce off of the kitchen window as we spin and joust. I sense that she, my rival, has already served her purpose. She's at peace. But I have not yet made things right. She retreats to a high branch of the massive honey locust that my father would call ese pinche árbol de mierda, that piece of shit tree, for all the tiny leaves that it would drop, impossible to clean, or rakes useless in the high desert autumn. But now it is full and green, a perfect redoubt for my rival. Through the window I can clearly see into our kitchen. A jar of agua de jamaica is cooling on the table. Papi makes jamaica for mom every Saturday. I spin to face my rival. I am home, I shout. No time, she chirps from her branch. He is rising. No, todavía no. In the kitchen next to the ancient wall phone is the calendar that the panaderia gives its most loyal customers every January. Papi, I asked him once, how come the calendar shows the 16 de septiembre, but not the 4th of July? My father looked up as he stirred my mother's agua de jamaica, a wry smile spreading across his brown face. Porque a los mexicanos de México no les importa la verga la independencia de Gringolandia, he said. Because the Mexicans of Mexico don't give a shit about Gringolandia's independence. Well, I don't give two shits about the All Saints days, I shot back. You can tell the Mexican Mexicans that for me. My papi's shoulders shook in silent laughter as he stirred the deep red tea. Híjole, mija, he said. Eres una verdadera bestia. You're a real beast. And if the unfamiliar civic and religious holidays weren't enough, the calendar would feature monthly depictions of nuestros antepasados, our ancestors. Aztec stuff, like the scenes on all the lowriders that bounce past at every Cinco de Mayo parade. Chesty bombshells swooning in the arms of feathered warriors carrying them up the steps of a pyramid, snatching them from the jaws of flying serpents, rescuing them from the grasping hands of Spanish conquistadors. It seems that my stunning prom queen predecessors had trouble taking care of themselves. A dozen Salma Hayeks surrendering themselves to a dozen Benjamin Bratz. Papi, do you really believe that's what our ancestors looked like? I asked him once. They all look so perfect. Don't you think any of us were fat or dorky? I mean... Didn't any of them have big foreheads or underbites or hammer toes back in the day? Do you seriously think all those Aztec women shaved their legs? My papi took a sip of tea from the spoon and shrugged. Ni idea, he said. No clue. But some myths are worth believing in, mijita. Every thought of papi threatens to send me plummeting to the ground from shame. Only Tonatiu lifts me and drives me to my last task before I go on to fight forever. The calendar on the kitchen wall says July. A square in the middle of the month is circled in red pen. I press as close to the window as I dare, my wingtips brushing the glass. July 16th. The year. My wings falter. Even the roaring sun can no longer hold me up. I plunge into the red valerian, cradled in its velvety leaves. My rival chirps in alarm. Four years since the accident. Of course. The orange-crowned bird flitted beyond the kitchen window, its wings a blur. Papi, I said, between bites of toast. How come we never put out a feeder for the hummingbirds? They're always hanging around outside. 
I realized that I'd never paid much attention to them before. Ever since Poppy had gotten sick, I'd found myself noticing new things, wondering what else was happening around me that I'd never thought much about. My father stood hunched at the stovetop, his emaciated forearm shaking as he stirred the agua de Jamaica with a long wooden spoon. He braced himself against the counter and squinted across the kitchen. Porque they deserve better, mija. That fake food is bad for them. We've been getting more and more ever since they started destroying the woods and meadows up the hill. Where those richy riches live, he said, his weak voice full of venom. Have you seen what they're calling that new development up there? The view from the top. Pinches pendejos. I nodded, barely listening. My eyes focused on the flashing orange hummingbird. After checking that it was safe, the little bird dipped its beak to drink from the valerian's red blossoms. Every few seconds, it would spin to survey its surroundings, chasing away competitors with frantic aerial maneuvers and fierce chirps. I couldn't help but smile in admiration. How do you say hummingbird in Spanish, I asked, forcing down the habitual embarrassment of not knowing what my father knew. Chuparrosa, he said, breathing heavily over the steaming tea. His voice was thin and reedy. I smirked. Rose sucker. I don't like it, I said. Ni yo tampoco, my father agreed. There's a better word, though. One your abuelita taught me when I was little. Ay, papi, don't tell me. Some weird Aztec thing, right? He lifted the spoon from the jar and let several drops of tea fall onto his palm. Nahuatl, mija, he said, and licked his palm. He smiled weakly and nudged the jar off of the burner with the spoon. The Mexica were our people. Nahuatl was our language. I, Poppy, please, don't mansplain me on a Saturday. I watched the hummingbird move on to the next cluster of red blossoms. After a moment, I realized that the kitchen was silent. Out of the corner of my eye, I caught Poppy staring at me. What, I said. Mijita, have I ever told you about Huitzilopochtli? No, Papi. You've never mentioned Huitzilo whoever, I said. Can you go to hell for an eye roll? Outside, the hummingbird retreated from the red blossoms. A sudden pang of loneliness filled my chest as it darted away. Pues mira, said my father, his voice breathy from the strain. He was the Lord Chuparrosa the hummingbird of the south, Donatillo himself. A mi que, I said. What's it to me? I couldn't look at him. Those sunken cheeks and sagging eyes. Eyes that had become deflated and yellow, like old lemon rinds poking out of the dirt. I couldn't decide which frightened me more. The radiated husk of his face or the defiant grins on the days he felt the worst. I'm trying to tell you, he said. When we leave this world, he waits. He's patient. Your abuelita taught me that he lets us rest for exactly four years to the day, and then brings us back to help him. Since the beginning, Mika, he honors us as huitilme, as hummingbirds, his most honest and loyal warriors. Why are you saying these things? Papi pushed himself along the counter towards me. He took my face between his shriveled palms because I want you to know that I'll be back for a little bit after I'm gone. Your abuelita says that he gives us one chance to say goodbye before we go to war. The real war. The one he fights every night to be able to return to us in the morning. He only chooses the strongest, mija. 
My puppy smiled at me, the pride bringing a temporary flicker to his hollow eyes. Only his chosen ones are allowed to make things right one last time before they serve him. God, Poppy, I yelled. You can't seriously believe that superstitious shit. I hated him for being sick, for making me miss him before he was even gone, for trying so hard, and now for going crazy. Wasn't dying enough? Did he have to do it insane, too? I ran from the kitchen to the garage and slammed the car door before he could catch me, frail from the radiation. He yanked on the door handle and tripped alongside the car, still in his slippers as I pulled into the street. I watched him shrink in the rear view and gasped through the tears when he fell, sprawling onto the pavement. How could I have done this? Leaving him face down on the street, weak and alone. I raged at my cruelty and cowardice. Blind to the curve in the road, I screamed as the car broke through the guardrail and tumbled into the canyon. A whirring nearby, past the blossoms. He calls! Get up! My rival's wings stir the leaves above me. I rise from the dirt. The sun reflects off of my feathers. Blood-orange jewels dazzle in the kitchen window's reflection. She retreats again to her branch. Hurry, she warns. I know she's right. With every minute, the roar of Donatillo's fire grows louder, more irresistible. Through the glass, I glimpse a shadow in the hallway, beyond the kitchen. I throw myself at the window. My companion chirps from her branch. Again, I crash into the glass. Donatillo Huitzilopochtli calls to me through the light. Child, he says. You were of no use to me, broken. I dash myself against the window a third time. There's movement in the hallway now. My poppy totters into the kitchen, that bemused look on his face that always made me giggle. He's bent, but his cheeks are full, his eyes open and alert. Alive! My poppy is alive! I turn to let the sun dance off of my feathered armor and lift my beak to the sky. My companion answers from her branch. Two tiny war trumpets pierce the cool morning air. Papi steps up to the table and places his hands on the large glass jar, testing the agua de Jamaica. I spin and whirl, throw my most furious poses, but he does not notice. My warrior blood froths at the snub. I am home, I shout. I am here. Poppy lifts the jar and begins to turn away. I speed at the window, heedless of my tiny body or my companion or Donati or the coming battle. The glass cracks with the impact and I tumble, crashing through the branches of the red valerian until I fall through to the dirt below. Panicked chirps rain down from the honey locust tree. Far above, Donati Huitzilopochtli groans. My tiny leg hangs limp, but my wings are still sharp. They lift me again and the sun's call is stronger than ever. My companion's shrieks are bloodthirsty and feral. She's close to giving in. No. Todavía no. Not yet. Poppy peers wide-eyed through the window, his face haloed by the spiderweb crack I've left in the glass. I rise before him. My armor glows fierce in the light. Despite my broken leg, I bob. I weave. I thrust and parry for him, 
See me, I shout. I am strong. I hover in the chill morning fire and then approach the window. My father and I stare into one another's eyes. I'm sorry. Poppy jerks back and trips against the table. The jar of agua de jamaica falls and shatters at his feet, spraying steeped hibiscus across the floor. I am drawn to the crimson sweetness, almost as desperately as I am to the sun. Slowly, my father turns to face the calendar on the wall. He extends a trembling hand to the middle of the month and rests his finger on the second Saturday, circled in red marker, the day of the accident. His eyes sparkling. He stares back at me through the cracked window, proud tears lining his cheeks. Behind me, my companion hovers, her beak glinting in the sun. It is time, she says. We must go to him. And I know she's right. Donatiu Huitzilopochtli floods the yard with his light. Come, little ones, my furious Yatyakawan, my precious jade warriors. Take your place among us, he sings. I lower my beak and gently press my orange head against the cracked window. Poppy lifts his palm to the glass. For a moment, we are still, the only movement my blurred wings. I love you, I chirp, and pull away. If this was my penance, then the coming battle is my reward. As if shot from a bow, my companion arcs skyward, no longer able to resist the sun's call. She becomes a tiny moat against Donatiu Huitzilopochtli's infinite golden face. I rise into the light and look down one last time. My papi is standing on the back porch now, his robe flapping against his skinny legs in the dawn breeze. Through his tears, he yells, fists raised in the air, his face radiating love. I toss my head back and let loose a war cry that would make eagles cower. In my call are regret, anger, shame, but also pride, courage, and redemption. I aim myself at the sun, I race upward to the only war that was ever worth fighting. Above the sun's roar, my papi's last shout comes through. Arriba, Mika, he screams. And so, I become light. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next Monday. Tune in.